Hello, everyone. Hi. Bonjour. <laughs> bonjour, bonjour. Today is all about hereditary or hereditary or, well... The, hereditary. Uh, um, starring. Oh, God. Oh, what? Okay. We haven't done that in a while, have we? Um, no, it's fine. There is Alex Wolf. Uh, Tony Collette, Millie Shapiro, Gabrielle Byrne, who, and Dowd. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. There's loads more. Alex Wolf, the Peter, the son. We know him from, and we talked, uh, well, we didn't really talk about him because the uh, teenagers were insignificant in that movie. Uh, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yes. He was the one that had the bedroom full of all the Sony posters that I got annoyed at. <laughs> oh, I was like, dear. oh yeah, he's only got posters for Sony products in here, hasn't he? Oh, only dear. only Uncharted posters, I see, and Gran Turismo Five on the on the X on the PlayStation there. Okay, so this film, uh, I'd like to. Okay, I'll try to avoid paraphrasing, but it will because I stopped using Facebook, so I couldn't find Paul's quote. <laughs> um, so, uh, if Hereditary is the new Exorcist, then Ghostbusters is the new Ghostbusters. Ouch! Something like this. Yes. Oh wow. Uh, to I think I remember him posting that, yeah. Yes, well, uh, yeah, after I saw it, I did, well, I revised my uh, mind, but it's something like, uh, if the Exorcist is a business class seat from Paris to New York, Tree is a premium economy seat from Paris to New York via Rome, Mumbai, and Tokyo. <laughs> wow, okay, yeah. Yeah. I get that, I get that. To so which Paul uh, answered... It's a schlocky film interlaced with a powerful family drama, which is, uh, I, I didn't know the word uh, schlocky before, so now I know it. I'm, I'm happy about that. We, we, uh, I don't know that word. What does uh, it mean? Not well made. <laughs> okay. They, they, uh, I've, I've heard it since then in the Half in the Bag uh, podcast. Oh, they yeah. use that sh schlock. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say, that's a great description of, that, of this movie. Yeah, it that really, really is. That really nails it on the head what exactly this film is. Yeah. Yeah, and to that same quote that I did, Mark, our coach from two years ago, said that they had two cuts for this film and they went for the wrong one. Mm. And I just checked earlier, there is an article on express.co.uk, uh, it's from Sean Kitchener. It's not unusual for movies to have a few deleted scenes that end up on the cutting room floor, but the new Tony Collette fronted horror has almost 60 whole minutes worth that will go unseen in cinemas. But rather than it being even more terrifying moments, writer and director Ari Aster has explained that actually it was some rich family drama that had to go. I wanted the film to work as a family drama, he told GameSpot. I needed to attend to the family dynamics and build a pretty vivid history for them. But when the first cut of the film was three hours long, he realized a lot of it had to go. There were about 30 scenes that were on the cutting room floor and all of those are drama scenes, he revealed. Mm. We took more time originally to develop those people. What is left has been received incredibly well by critics, and now it could challenge A Quiet Place and Veronica to be the most talked about Fright Fest of 2018. Um. A harrowing story of unthinkable family tragedy that veers into the realm of the supernatural. Hereditary takes its place as the new generation's The Exorcist. <sighs> Time out agreed. Uh, for some, it will spin heads even more savagely. <laughs> yeah, I think the exhausted thing is comes to from time out then. Mm. Uh, the Hollywood reporter concurred. 
Hereditary takes the core hunting element of a spirit with a malevolent agenda and runs with it in a seemingly endless series of unexpected directions over two breathless hours of escalating terror that never slacken for a minute. Excuse me? Oh, that's plenty of words. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I agree, unexpected turns, because I didn't know where we were going, but the spirit stuff only starts happening from maybe, like, even the hour mark. So... Right, base off. If you haven't seen this film, we're going to talk about it to death. Like, this is an absolute spoiler fest of an episode, because there's no way we can't spoil this, because we need... We just we just finished watching this film maybe an hour ago, and we spent the last 45 minutes trying to piece together what was going on. <laughs> okay, so I- I'm going to go further than all of these... What are they called? Quotes? Yeah, Re- references. Reviews. Reviews, um, because I... <sighs> I see where they're coming from, but I feel like if you see a scary film in the cinema and you think, oh, I was scared, that that makes it a good film, I think that you probably should stop watching scary films because you have no idea what makes a scary film. I just like the idea of like, what would they have been like when Texas Chainsaw came out or or even... Like the talks of the remember the all the stuff that came out about the original Exorcist, like people being sick in the cinema and stuff like that. Right. Like all these things that we think are like urban legends, but probably happened at least in one to become the urban legend. Yeah, well, because we're we're kind of desensitized in this kind of digital world that we live in, right? So we see lots of blood and gore all the time. Well, I mean, what I mean by that is your point being that um, if you see something in the cinema, you're scared by it. I mean, imagine seeing a scary movie that you see think is scary at home in the cinema. For example, Exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or even like the original Alien. Oh, I see. Uh, that's what I mean. Like, if yeah. you think you're scared by these things that aren't really that scary in in a cinema, imagine being in a terrifying movie in the cinema. Yeah, but I feel like if you're, I, I, I agree with you. But I think a scary film has to have a story as well. Like, it's not just set out to just scare you because then it would be super easy to make a scary film. And actually, it's probably one of the hardest things to do. Are you are you, are you making a casual reference to some of the Saw episodes that will come out yes, later this year? Yes, I actually <laughs> am. Later this, this year. That's, <laughs> we spend too much time together, Adam. Um, but I actually was because... Yeah, just because you're scared doesn't make it a good film. Like... I don't know. I think that scary mo- film has to have story structure, There's right? There's more to a horror film than just being scared. I, I think, I really think so. Well, look at the classics. Look at Halloween. Look at Friday the 13th. Look at Jason, not Jason, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's what I meant uh, for Freddy. All these things have a, have character and a story going throughout it. Mm-hmm. You know, Alien, as I always talk about. These things, the, the, if you just had the al- an alien, the alien trying to kill you for the whole time, that wouldn't be that. W- it wouldn't have been a classic film. I mean, look at Alien versus Predator. That film is aliens trying to kill each other for two, about two and a, two hours, and they're not great. Yeah, I uh, okay. Well, okay, we can get into this film. Yeah. Yes, I'll just say that it was a commercial. Well, commercial success of sorts. Like they had only ten millions budget, and they made seventy nine back. Yeah, it's one of A twenty four's highest grossing film worldwide. So it's funny it's an independent production company, and they're doing quite well. Um, their tagline on the website, and you know when you type Google A twenty four, and it gives you a short um, thing about what they are. Yeah, uh, the people behind Ladybird, Moonlight, Hate Grade, Hereditary, 
the witch, the lobster, ex machina, and more. I like the lobster. It was quite interesting. Very weird, but very interesting. I like Ladybird as well. Most of those films are really, really good. I th- uh, do you know what? I didn't hate this film. I actually thought that some of the scenes were really intelligently done. And when I didn't really know what was going on, it somehow redeemed itself by the end of the scene, mm. which I somehow think is a genius thing to be able to do. Because I felt like the like I was watching a family kind of slowly break down, which was so interesting mm. and something that a scary film doesn't do a lot, especially nowadays when it's all about like, you know, how much guts can we see? And that's what makes us, you know, it's all about torture porn. Although in fairness, I don't think that's been true since the end of the 2000s. I think I feel the last eight years have a lot to have had a lot more to do with jump scares and a lot more to do with ghosts and paranormal. I mean, yeah, you might with, be right. We'll, we will talk about it when we get to Saw 7, but it, that really did kind of end the torture porn era. I mean, you do get sick of it quite quickly, so... No, you are right. Look how many paranormal activities we had. Look at um, The Conjuring, Insidious, um, now we've got The Nun. Like, these are... Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project came back. Mm -hmm. All these came back, and it was all about paranormal. So this is... And then even with M. Night Shyamalan's the the visit the, the one with is it the visit the first, the one before Split he did one that was like these two go and stay with their their grandparents or something like that I haven't seen it I think it's called the Visitor I think it's the visit the visit uh, and then I've, he and then he yeah. did Split which is like a psychological thriller right yeah mm. so but, I would say this is more of a psychological thriller um, right. but I would have much preferred it to be about that family breakdown than them just tapping you know, a demon on at the end. It's almost, yeah, it's almost like they pulled the cord and like, how can we get out? If the family drama, if how do we make a family drama scary? Oh, let's throw a demon in. Well, I feel like they didn't, well, yes, but I feel like they should have brought him in much earlier. Yeah. And maybe anthropomorphized him more, you know, because this random light, <laughs> It was slightly digital. It was um, like a, a laser. I thought it was quite interesting, actually. In the beginning, I th- when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. I've never seen that before. It reminded me, I don't know if Jan's ever... Jan, you play ever uh, Legend of Zelda? Yes. You know, the little fairy thing that keeps going, hey, listen. <laughs> yes. That thing. Hey, listen. Yeah, yes. the most annoying uh, a company anyone's ever had in the video game. It reminded me a lot of those, those lights or... Um, in spiral he his your health bar is like a dragonfly that changes color it's like a basically but back on the playstation one it was just like a like a light almost right okay so it, it kind of reminded me of these like oh yeah it's like a tiny little wispy energy or scooby-doo in the cyber chase mm-hmm. mm. this film starts with a superimposed obituary of the matriarch yeah. uh, which foreshadows which foreshadows the fact that some reading is going to be involved in this film the emails I really wonder how they do it uh, when they adapt in other languages, if they have a narrator or if they actually change oh, the language of the emails. I, I know that only uh, some animation movies actually translate the on-screen stuff, uh, but I have no idea about this one. That is a very good point, Jan, that I've never thought of because I don't uh, English is my first language. So when I watch uh, Bollywood films, I can usually understand a lot of it, but... I put subtitles on just in case because sometimes it's really quick. But when there's script, especially because it's it's also uh, Hindu script, right? So it's not even in the uh, Roman uh, 
it just uses subtitles. So okay. it's subtitles. So it's subtitles. It's what it okay. would be the audio described. AD. Yeah. No, it would. Uh, no, it's not audio. Not, not really, but yeah. It would be subtitles. No, but like when when things are audio described, aren't they? Like they will. It will say what is on the screen yes. as well. So yes. Yes. It uh, would have to be that feature added on because I know some things on Netflix have that ability of AD that you can add on. Like it'll come up on the screen like what it is. That's the, that's for people the, that are deaf. That's it. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what is used for a uh, hearing impaired mm. or. Yeah, but I don't know if that would if there's a similar thing for for languages like it would it would come up what it says on the screen. But well, that would be interesting. That's that's what I've I've experienced that when there is script or when there's an email, blah blah blah, it usually just says it. It translates it as subtitles. All right. Okay. Well, okay. Well, in the script, it's a in the script formatting, there is a specific thing that you have to write in both languages. Kind of that that would mean that you would have to put the film with the subtitles on, correct? Yeah, yeah, subtitles are on the whole time. So you couldn't like say a Bollywood movie if you put. You know how some films have the ability to the audio is in French, English, German. You know, like you can click the audio option, and the dialogue will be in that language. Oh, I see. Yeah, that, that's the, what uh, I, I mean. That's what Jan means. It's like, basically, I would watch... I have no idea how they made it, but I would watch this ver- this movie with just the French voices. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would have subtitles or maybe... I don't know how they did for the specific one, but they would need to have either, and that's how they usually do it, the same person um, dubbing the actri- the person reading the letter will also read it out loud. Oh, I see. Uh, so we actually oh, yeah. can understand because it's in a, it's in another language. Yeah. Um, but um, Marvel also the changes the at some point in one of the Captain America is um, he has a, a notebook with stuff he has to discover because it was frozen for many years so new stuff he has to discover and in the list there there are stuff adapted to different uh, cultures. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> See, I'd, I've I've always experienced it as it's just written down as subtitles. And it's not actually the audio, but that's because I never listened to a film in English. Not, in Eng- it's not, it's not in its intended language. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like right. I usually just subtitle it. Yeah. Um, Fair qu- enough. Question about this obituary. Actually, uh, is is it also the same in English? In the obituary, it's written that the grandmother died from a prolonged illness. Is that also a, a euphemism to say cancer here? Yeah, you can. Along, but some people say. Because like they lost their long battle with right. Sometimes they'll say cancer. Sometimes they'll just say succumb to an illness, sort of thing. Like is uh, it really just depends on because you write them, you know, you 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 choose what you want to say. So it, I think it's just that different people have different like what they want to say or feel is appropriate or whatever. Yeah, I'm guessing some people don't want to talk about the actual illness, so they just say something that's a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. It sounds nicer. Yeah, and it's because yeah. Okay. D- did you notice? I noticed that when I saw it in theaters, not here because it was focused on some st- some other stuff. This film is filled with uh, uh, Spielberg tra- Spielberg trademark reveals. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. How? How? What do you mean? It's the that that the 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 one of the most famous moment is when in Jurassic Park when you start by seeing uh, everyone in the jeep and their faces how they react to the thing that we don't know what it is and yeah. then we see that thing or the um, the boat and the shark yeah we're on we're on um, Brody's face and then it comes out behind him yeah okay so, yeah so like I know what Jan means for example when Peter 
turns around to like what's going on over there and you just see his face as opposed to what the actual thing is Right. Yeah. The, I as soon as I went, uh, I got out of the of the cinema. Like all those when it was released, I went to check, and I was not wrong. <laughs> well, mo- most people say that it kind of a uh, uh, reversed Spielberg reveal, which I am not agreeing with. Like because Spielberg is mostly a positive moments, mm. whereas here it's only. But uh, well, the the boat one is not necessarily a positive <laughs> moment. So, uh, or the bit where it's um, when the shark attacks the beach for the first time, and you have that really quick pull in on Brody as well when his reaction is like oh my god the shark is here yeah oh that's the most famous one yeah that's that's a famous because it, that's kind of one of the first times that speed has been done as well and I think yeah yep. technically yeah yeah the technical of doing that scene um, yeah. yeah I really enjoyed the very first um, the very first thing after that um, superimposed uh, arbitrary the way that the camera moves slowly and gets into the room that is actually a room Here's what I have a problem with. I with loved that. that bit. I I think it's a great artistic move, but I feel, and this it annoys me when that is the case, that the only reason the mum is a sculptor that does miniatures is for the fact that in the film they can use the miniatures for jump scares or for cinematic purposes. Okay, fine. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes, I understand. Uh, I don't agree. But it annoys me because I'm like, it ha- surely there's a reason. No, because we said in our discussions before, the 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 whole uh, miniature thing is is not paying off. So it's it's one explanation that you just give. Yeah, <laughs> just for yeah. It I think it, my my whole uh, theory was that she uses that for her grief. Like she's an artist, so that's her medium. Yeah, I, of course. But what I mean is, in the the, the context of the film, that they the miniatures are only ever used kind of for for a horror effect. So I always took it as. Uh, another level to the family breaking down like that's the way that she deals with her grief and that's so that's how the director decided to show that she's grieving i mean that is true because she obviously makes the one about the car crash and she's always up there when instead of having like talking to the family yeah her mom her mom's always around like while you know she's sleeping in her room with the mom in the doorway you know Mm. and the after she sees her mom actually (laughs) um and it's just it, the problem is though is that that happened once and it, you're kind of and then because she puts it in like a the miniature you're kind of made to believe oh so that's happened what so many times that you've made it into this miniature to represent that she's been haunting you like what but us as an audience has only seen it happen once so how are we supposed to th- feel the, yeah. uh, when it, when are you actually grieving about your mom when it only happens once. I feel the reason I don't like the miniatures is because there, when you put in something that feels artistic, uh, artistical, is that a word? Artistic. Artistic, that's a better word for it, thank you. <laughs> Take example, a lot of the shots in either Isle of Dogs, because we talked about that in the last episode we just recorded, where if you freeze the frame, it's like a painting. Or even in a film that I had feelings because of pacing in Call Me By Your Name, where there are really artistic shots as well, and all the landscape and everything in the background with all that. In this film, the only artistic stuff we get is via... Well, and actually, that's not true. There are other shots that I do like, but some the, with, the, with all the models, are it almost feels like, oh, let's have a model shot here. You know, well, like it feels any... added. It's like it doesn't feel like it flows into the actual film. I've I've never wanted to take away from a directorial debut 
especially because every time that you learn you take from you like you're inspired by other directors in the past mm. right yeah but have any of you seen the orphan oh, no i have not but i don't hear good things about it oh no i really enjoyed it but there are quite a lot of um cinematography styles that are exactly like that film right okay and so that's the one film that i if anyone has seen that film like i i don't know if you believe uh what's it called um you think the same as me but like with the house in the middle of nowhere and the wooded areas and the fact that you go from like night to yeah transitions the transitions uh, that's the other thing i did like the tree house the tree house is used in the orphan as well like there's a lot... Oh, I know the film you're on about now, yeah. Yeah, the, the one that she's not actually a young girl. Yeah, yeah, She's I know a the, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that scene, um, there's a lot of similarities between the that film because it's all about like a family breakdown. The treehouse annoyed me as well uh, because I'm, right. like, I'm like, would that stay up in real life? Could you build a treehouse like that? Because isn't a tree house? It's just a you you stick bits of wood in between the tree. Like the tree is part of the house as well. This just looks like they've put a shed on top of. <laughs> they've cut a tree in half and then they put a shed on top of it. I feel like maybe that was the point that it was supposed to be like I don't know demonic or evil Fla flying shed. <laughs> a flying yeah, shed. <laughs> I don't know. I I kind of agree with you. But I, th but I don't. <laughs> if this, do you know what though? The sad thing is, is that a lot of these things that we hate would have worked if the film was good. Uh, yeah, that's true. Actually, if we if we come away with a positive feeling, these things would be we would give them credit for right. trying something new. Right, that's very true. Actually, one thing I would say though, I I think that you guys should watch the the orphan because is it called orphan, uh, orphan or, or the orphan? Anyway, um, because I'm really interested in what you guys think. And if there are any connections, but there really are, um, b because that is a film where they've been able to use the kind of, it's not really demonic because it's just her, but someone who's come into a family's life and is ruining their lives. And it's like a breakdown of a family, but they, there's outward forces and blah, 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 blah. But it fits. Mm. It's not like there's a family breakdown and then there's a demon and it's like, yeah. oh, actually, I'm going to now look back on what I've seen and realize that that's a demon. It's like, no, but now it's too late because I've watched the film. <laughs> like I'm not that my experience of the film has never been about demonic possession. It's mm. been about you have lost a child. Right. My favorite my favorite shot in the film, because I have to say there there's some good stuff. I think the. The crash when it happens when the when the 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 sister dies, I think that was done very well. I really I really like the the cold on Peter's face. I mean, Alex Wolf is probably the best thing in this film. Yeah, he's really good, and the mum actually. The mum. We'll get into it later on. The mum displays, and I would refer to this film for any actors that want to do screen. The mum does well. I'll put it now. The mum shows you exactly how you should act in scenes where you need to be like angry or distressed mm. which in theater you get louder but on screen you talk faster and the mum really nails that in this film at certain points like um is it tony collette yeah mm. she she really really does well and as in screen in this film like it's great and her, to be fair her portrayal of grief is excellent like i feel for her i really do like the scene where she bully essentially bullies the son at the dinner table was really oh, intense like there's some really. there's some really excellent acting scenes and i think the reason we're annoyed at this film is because nobody i said this in the last episode nobody sets out to make a bad movie right 
every as soon as you go and see it, you don't also you don't go out to watch a bad movie. You go out to be impressed and won over by a film. Like everybody that goes to sit down and watch something wants it to be good. So you're always looking for like things to like, oh I like that, oh I like this. So we wanted this to to work and be really good. It's just a shame that it sort of like fumbles near the end. Like it, 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 it's almost like it doubted itself. It's like, could we sell this? Are people going to be interested in like a family drama about and then a demon's involved? Maybe we should put the demon more at the end. Like make it more, make it more horror at the end and step away from what we've been building at the start. I guess it's like two films in one, mm. but it hasn't been evenly distributed. No. Like yeah. it, there's a lot of, um, so, I mean, we were talking about how there was a lot of scenes that were cut out of the final edit. Mm. And quite a lot of those scenes were connected to the family breakdown. Right. But the problem with with that is that I feel like it should have been the other way around. Like, I think what would have made me feel better was if quite a lot of the scenes that were cut out were the demon because the demon was talked about way too late and I think this film would have worked so much better if it was about how a family deals with losing a child. I think they're, what they had in mind is because this is kind of, a, uh, it's most uh, A24 films are like art house kind of things. Mm -hmm. uh, they really, for sure, nobody would have stayed three hours to no. watch. Uh, so uh, in terms of tactic tactically, uh, it was probably a good choice, but <laughs> uh, and it worked because, like, they had like was it like four four the the, the uh, eight times their their budget back, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it was sixty minutes, thirty scenes of uh, family drama development that that mm. got cut. I think they do that quite well. Like, are we are we assuming? But are you thinking, Anouk, that it's more scenes of the grief? Is what they cut they cut out, and you wouldn't want them in. But what if it's the family? It, ah. If it's if it's that, what if I think what they mean is like the family drama of like the separation between the daughter and the mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. They well, they well. We have it has, no, we have no idea. We, no, we, we have no specifics. But it's uh, it, 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 um, the director, writer, director said it, 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 developing the characters. Yeah, so it, okay. I think it has something to do with the mom. So okay. and that's what it needed. Yeah, because oh, yeah. Because that, the, oh, when we talk about the, we move into the, the end of the episode when we talk about the demon, because we'll de dedicate the end of this to try and figure out what the demon was doing. I th so, oh, yeah, okay, so sorry, L let me retract what I just said then, because what is needed is you need to bring the grandma in much more. We need, I think we need to meet the grandma in the family circuit thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just story structure wasn't working, like because we hadn't met the grandma so we didn't know what type of person that she was and someone talking about someone at a funeral very quickly it kind of isn't enough well exposition never works for something yeah, like that right. never works exposition yeah exactly and then you have charlie who in the right at the beginning acts strangely um and so you never see her change from being a normal happy kid to being possessed or being connected to any type of demon and so you're just seeing a little bit of grief from losing her mom and then having quite a strange child to losing your child to then hating your son and then you breaking down your marriage breaking down the hatred of your son grows more and more and more um you're sleepwalking again 
you're seeing things, your son is starting to have nightmares because his mom doesn't understand him. And then suddenly this has all been about the god of mischief. <laughs> and, and that's not even Loki, the one. I know, eh? it's or Atreus. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like, oh, okay, then what was that? Like, how much do we think is mental illness and the, a breakdown of, um, you know... I mean, even that would have been a, a more family. interesting story if, if we were meant to believe that she just created the whole God of Mischief thing because she's having a mental breakdown because of the loss of her child. That would have been interesting. That would have been, exactly. That would have been interesting and it would have kept the whole, it would have kept the whole family drama aspect, which is the, the most positive part of the film. You have these actors that are ama- all very good. The dad is great. The mom's great. Charlie is great for as long as she's in the film, which is a bit of a shame because it's... That's another thing that I hate, which I'll, I'll talk about after I've just made this point. You know, we've got all these great actors that can act and we're not really given enough of them together acting. The scenes that we get together of them work and they're amazing. It's why I didn't think Call Me By Your Name was a bad movie because that was all about character interaction and you cared, even though the film went on for what felt like four hours. You were with these characters the whole time and you saw them experiencing this drama, you know? We're in this film, we're separated from them. I think that's the thing. This film wanted to be an epic, but kind of cut the wrong bit. Yeah. In the editing room. Like, I think... And I think maybe that's because in marketing, they put so much pressure on this being The Exorcist Yeah, that this film kind of had to be. Why? Sorry, sorry, I interrupted you there, Nick. Well, when actually it should have been more focused on one thing and actually would have, yeah, I agree, would have more maybe been more interesting if, you know, mum was making it up because she'd gone mad and losing a child. Mm. Why on earth? Who I know marketing is all about these days trying to get people engaged as much as possible. I mean, that's why trailers show so much. You know, you've got to get people talking about it. It's got to get trending on Twitter. It's got to get, you got to get, you've either got to outrage people or intrigue them, right? There's no in between. You can't look at something and go, uh, maybe. You have to be either outraged or like, oh, I really want to see that. And what they went for here is in the marketing is they tried to sell it to you as like, this is the new Exorcist. This is the scariest thing you will ever see. Because that was the thing about The Exorcist that people people forget, right? The Exorcist is a scary movie, but it's also a really well-directed family drama. I, uh, you know, I don't know how it happened, but the, the marketing comes and evolves uh, as soon as you start to get testimonials, right? And if the whole exhaustive thing came from that timeout stuff, as a director, I was, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, we'll push on that. Yeah. Kind of thing. Right. Instead of deliberately going, yeah, we're going well, to the tra- be the new... And the other thing was the trailer. The trailer for this film makes you believe that Charlie is, is going to be terrorizing the house for some reason. Yeah, but we, we, yeah, it's not the, the filmmakers that are doing the trailers for their true. movies. <laughs> That's very true. But again, if you have a mystery, misleading trailer, you're going to lose people at the end because the one of the biggest one is Catfish the Movie. Catfish the Movie's trailer plays as a horror, but it's not. It's a documentary and obviously everyone knows what Catfish is now because of the, t- the TV show. But if you go back and watch the trailer for Catfish, it really does play like, oh my God, this is a horror. What am I going to find? Who is this person? Yeah, I remember that. You know, it's one of the reasons I wanted to see it. I was like, oh, what the hell is this? And then you see it and you go, what the hell is this? This wasn't what I I came in to see. Even though it was good. So you kind of thought, okay, fine. It's only when you've kind of been lied to that it's like... Annoying. Annoying. But when the film 
hasn't really delivered on what you thought it was going to deliver on or even if it delivers on something different yeah but if it was good you'd kind of be like okay well i've seen it now so yeah it's annoying but it's like oh i'll I'll forgive it but this film it did i i didn't really know when to well when it should have started like the um inciting incident was charlie dying yeah for the story they present us that we because we sat and talked about it we tried to work out what the inciting incident is and for us and what we're presented in this cut of the film it's definitely charlie dying but you're but what it should be is the grandmother dying yeah but that's like five seconds into the film that is literally the first second of the film yeah (laughs) so maybe that's the problem that we're not connected enough in this family to well no we're not connected to the grandma at all so but we're not connected to the demon uh yeah yeah well there you go um Mm. that's a big problem yeah i've got to say that there is one thing quite remarkable a scene we talked about already twice actually the accident scene the stuff that i talked about a few times on this podcast on this podcast that is extremely well portrayed the whole um accident scene um you know in your life when sometimes it happened uh, hopefully not that much that you make a mistake that you know that will shatter your whole life mm-hmm. yeah um that as i was talking to you a few months ago about one stuff that it if it happened to me at, at any point uh would really uh have me struggle to continue well uh living or like uh <laughs> Um, which was like um, running over a child with my car. You, you thought that actually happened because I, w- I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I was like in my. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no it, it didn't happen. But that sort of light shattering event um, was the the whole scene, as it was in that film, uh, was pretty uh, hard to watch. And Ooh. as you imagine, it would happen if you had uh, something as mistakenly uh, happening to you mm. uh so yeah it was really uh yeah very good scene it was really well done actually um because you like the shock was at the same time as the the actor's shock and so you were kind of living it through with him like okay now i have to drive my sister's dead body back home and I yeah. pretty much killed her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you wouldn't know what to do because like, he's just going to bed and just leaving her like this. And you, that is also the kind of stuff until it happens to you, you have no idea how you would you would react. Like yeah. Yeah. if someone in the subway is being raped in front of you or whatever, you have no idea. You hope that you will react like you want to react. Yeah. Uh, but you actually have no idea. No, but and you actually, a lot of people would probably react as in not react, right? Like either run away yeah. Fight or, or flight. Yeah. Um, and none of it's going to be pretty or romantic. One of the things I liked about this film was that it wasn't really romanticized. Like, I think quite a lot of the script was how a family would probably talk to each other and react to each other and blah, blah, blah. Like, I found it really real. Mm. Yeah, um, there was no like, uh, oh, a human being who wouldn't say that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, which we kind of allow in quite a lot of um films i know what film this has just reminded me of suburbicon suburbicon didn't know what story it wanted to tell right it got confused between either the the fake your uh, fake your own death not was it fake your own death that did in that um f- uh 
he, he, no, it was. Oh, they killed the wife. They killed the, his wife. They yeah. killed his wife. Well, they didn't explain that much the race thing. And no, the, yeah, that was the two things. There was the insurance scam going on, and then there was the the race, the racial thing. And they, the mm. two of them hit each other, and you didn't really know where one of them should have been the overall story. It was like an A and a B plot. So there should have been a TV series. Uh, no, I wouldn't say TV series. I would say this needed another. You're what the guy said. They had an hour more footage. This film needed either to another go and edit to yeah. place things in a different order. I would love to have seen the three hour long. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would have made it for the three hour thing. Well, no, because it wouldn't have been the same film, Adam, because there'd be another hour of footage. I guess, I guess. That. So it's, it, you have no idea if you would have sit through it or not because it's a completely tell. different film. No, yeah, but I, I, I get you in the sense of like you watch like, oh, it's two hours. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, so three hours. Yeah, yeah I, but, I understand that. But I think. But now, yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting to actually see what the, the initial idea was. Yeah, uh, and with all the Blu-rays and like plenty of space to put images on, mm. uh, maybe we'll get a uh, if we actually don't have it already. I don't know. I would have loved to see the, the three-hour version. Um, what else was there? We, I, we we discussed actually off off podcast about when a writer or a director is too close to something. How do you feel that applies to this? I think this did the opposite of what Ghostbusters did um ghostbusters well the last ghostbusters the modern one thought its audiences were stupid and this one thought that we were too intelligent <laughs> like yeah. we know m what the director knows and it's like you he kind of needed to step back and be like actually they don't know what we know that's, i need to really play it out that's a brilliant way of putting it that's exactly the feeling i have yeah yeah <laughs> well done nick thank you yeah, yeah. um yeah, so it, I, I, even though I have to kind of credit um, Paul Wilson for that because I, I took his Ghostbusters and thing, but yeah. There is a seance in this movie. Yeah, there is, isn't there? Uh, I attended two of, well, kind of one and a half of those at the Fringe this year. Yes, I've never been to a seance. Yeah, well, well, I'll talk about that in the Fringe episode, but it was, uh, it was interesting. And the, the whole... Um, Put your fingers on the um, on the glass without pushing it thingy. That was part of the of that. Oh, so it's a it's a no. It's a thing. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> I think I'm not sure, but I think uh, the for the um, shock on the slates it was CGI. <laughs> if it it was if it was not real, uh, it was CGI. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, the fact that they when that they, yeah that she talked to a friend, uh, well, the friend not friend, uh, she talked about skeptics in the audience. We talked about that in uh, which was it the Ghostbusters episode that uh, usually the skeptics are the ones uh, actually helping the medium. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah, in the background, like discreetly. I mean, it's a great way to make people believe you. Like, oh, can I get a random person from the audience and? They're actually, and also I love how every single program they're like, we don't know each other, do we? It's like, yeah, but you could say that you didn't know and did know them. Like, why is that going to make me believe you? Mm. <laughs> we don't know each other, right? <laughs> oh, they don't know each other because they said it. Because everything we see on TV is real. Of course. It's, <laughs> no, it's also very funny every time I, I go to magic shows or I really hope 
like because you like you prefer being honest than lying, right? So if you have a, if you have a friend calling you and we've never met before, right? Uh, well, we actually had dinner yesterday, so I don't know if we if we can come kind of back. you. I slept with your wife. <laughs> you bastard! I saw I saw you and when I was leaving your house via the back door. <laughs> yeah, but we we actually We're agreed on that. It was we agreed it was a threesome. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh dear. The, um, it's funny you should mention the seance bit because that is the exact point in the film where it begins to fall apart for the overall story in this film. Yeah, it kind of started to lose me. Uh, sort of around that point. Hmm. I mean, the whole Joan and the cult and everything and the demon, and you're just like, wait, what? Wait, what? 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 Eh? You're yeah. who? Yeah. Oh my God. As she- soon as she went back into the room and she was like looking through her mum's stuff and she saw Joan, I was like, oh, I really want to like this film. But and it's the uh, slow paced films are always hit and miss anyway, or miss anyway. Right. And sometimes, yeah. So I've always seen this like, you know, when you're watching a film and you lose focus, but there are some films that that's just you. <laughs> like, you are just an unfocused person. And like, I, lo- I lose focus on the smallest thing. That doesn't mean the film is bad. But there are those films where you're losing focus because actually you have no idea what's going on and you've kind of you you want to go back but you you're kind of bored and um, yeah 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 that's uh for my dad and the family that would be a blade runner it's like three hours uh, with nothing happening <laughs> he just can't but because yeah. he, he's not getting into it but yeah. when you do and it actually turns out that i do uh mm-hmm. both of them i really liked um yeah yeah but that's that's slow pace for you <laughs> Right. And I mean, I was thinking while I was watching this that like, there are epics of, um, I mean, well, good, the, the good, the bad and the ugly is like three hours, seven minutes. Quite a lot of Westerns are like three hours long. Yeah. And you have like Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur, yeah. Um, oh, there are so many. Uh, giant, quite a lot of James Dean films are epic. Giants, no? giants, giant. giant is an epic. The other two aren't. Oh, yeah, but must be the exception that confirms the rule then because the, the good, the bad and the ugly is my uh, father's favorite film. It's, it's a good film. When, right? Yeah, yeah I, I wanted to offer him a display and uh, I asked casually so what his favorite film was and I got one which is uh, the, the larger ones, so twice the size that we have. And it's actually um, a kind of a photo. It's not those uh, poster designs. Yeah. But, so I think... Yeah. I think um, so they say what uh, an hour and a half is after that the human brain kind of becomes less focused um the 90 minute question 90 minute question but which i I agree with it doesn't mean the film is bad but it's it's also like you have to ask yourself why are you unfocusing like yeah is it because i'm not used to spending this amount of time just watching a screen and watching a film like that's different like Mm. when i'm watching like the hunchback of notre dame the french one the the black uh, the black and white one it's really long but it's and there are times when it's like oh god this is this is tough this is tough stuff it's only because it's quite a serious dark film rather than it being boring um with this film sorry one second sorry it just goes to show though that like it's got nothing to do with how long a film is like it's actually how good it is because any Bollywood film is about three hours long plus, right? Like that's a standard two hours to three hours long and I've never complained. <laughs> so it's got nothing to do with, uh, it's got nothing to do with that. It's it's actually because at some point this film loses it. This film 
is meant to be like a train leaving a station, you know, like that slow. Like getting quicker and quicker and quicker. And by the end, you're like, oh my God, what's happening? It kind of stumbles. It starts like that. And you're like, okay, this is going to build. This is going to build. Suspense. Cool. And then it sort of like stops at another station to pick up some passengers. And you're like, oh, why have you... What, what, sorry? Like it, it really... It doesn't embrace the whole like, right, boom. By the end, we're going at breakneck, breakneck speed. Or at least for me, it didn't feel like that. I mean, well, more than Peter Brake's rule, like 17 of the horror movie tropes. Do not run upstairs. Run outside. You even, know, but- even though actually, funnily enough, often they do run outside and it goes really badly. Everyone watch this, this film, please. And like, tell me if I'm being crazy. But this film really reminded me of Orphan. Anyway. Carry on. Yeah, and I saw you write a note earlier that <laughs> I agree with is the, the crying scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, that wasn't great. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I was like, this guy has been so good, but that was ridiculous. Like, was he just not feeling that scene? The bit of the sales. See, this is the thing. There were so many scenes on their own. I thought were really good. Like they were really well lit, um, acted, um, cinematography, like... D- the way that uh, directed like the the camera panning uh made you feel like you were there in the room with them like the script was really good but i i think it was story and i don't want to blame the editors because it's not the editor's fault at all execution but it's execution of of a story that i it's almost like the film we it's hard to judge because obviously the film we see is probably a part of a bigger narrative that is being on the cutting room floor but the film we get at the end is like it doesn't pay off Really? Yeah, we can't really talk about the script because I'm pretty sure you must have had like all the three acts and everything. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, it's, it's, we, well, that's how a movie works anyway. Like re- remove stuff that isn't necessary for various reasons. Uh, this one is not, uh, base, this one is, the reason is time. Yeah. yeah. Too long. It's a shame. Yeah, which, yeah. Do you think another half an hour would have saved it? A two and a half hour movie isn't too, isn't that bad. It's quite long, but it's not out of the ordinary. I th- honestly, I think maybe even 10 minutes more. I don't think it needed to be that long. I think it just needed to maybe have a scene about, what's his name? Pygmalion. <laughs> Pemian. Uh, what's his name? Who? The, the demon. The demon. Ah, uh, the Payman. 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 It, at the beginning talk a little bit more about grandmother mother thing and then bring a bit more through okay basically what i'm saying is they need to talk about the demon the whole way through the film yeah it's right they could have saved this by removing the scene removing the scenes about the mom at the the support network that wasn't needed unless to show the fact that she's not grieving the mom replace that scene with the cover the the group that her mom used to be involved with trying to come to the funeral even though they were there put something in there about or even at the sh- at the funeral of Charlie, put something in there of them turning up and her going, no, I don't want you anywhere near my family. Yeah, something, yeah. Something like that. Something to separate, like, oh, right, there is a, uh, there's an external force out here that the mum wants to keep away from the family. And that would sort of give you a little bit more of, like, oh, there's something else going on here. There, there is, um, because the, in one episode a while back, we talked and you pointed out, Adam, that because there was a twist at the end, but there was absolutely no foreshadowing 
Oh, uh, illusionist. Yes, that, that was the one. Okay. Uh, well, maybe we didn't. Uh, it was not or too subtle uh, because we had some writings on the wall and we had the necklaces. Uh, maybe, maybe it was supposed to be uh, helping us, but I didn't. Yeah, I I think it. You know, this whole spiritual thing and the possession and stuff. Like you felt like there was something extra, like like paranormal around this film. It's just that it didn't really pay off anything at the end because it just felt like a new idea, like this god of mischief thing. Um, because he has a name and because he has a presence and apparently he needs a female and a male and a post and a thing. And you're like, wait, what? Like, that's a lot of information to just like cram in your heads in the last half an hour of a film. Like, it's kind of insane. Like, if you had just, you know, jelly beaned it slightly throughout the film, maybe I would have been like, okay, that's an incredible payoff. But to then be like, you know, there's a bit of a paranormal thing going on and the family's breaking down and then, oh my God, we're going to tell you everything in the last, last half an hour. And then Satan turns up. Blah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. knocks at the door of a big massive picture. Surprise, it was me all along. And then Satan turns up. And Satan turns up. I love that. Surprise! Hereditary is like a very confusing uh, episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I love it's, that. <laughs> this film, right, is is like you rem- did you did any of you two watch the um, the new series of Twin Peaks? No, we have it there. We have it. Uh, my dad watched it, and he's like, "It's so weird. It's like every episode you don't know what's going on." So I feel that maybe this film tried to be a bit of Twin Peaks, just like, "Oh, what's going on?" Yeah. Then Satan turns up. Be up there. Um, I didn't like Peter's uh, crying, but his grimace uh, was quite nice. If he was oh, without yeah. prosthetics, yeah. The was... the the bit where he was possessed by yeah 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 um, Satan. That that scene was incredible. I thought it was so good. Like either they have an amazing um, uh, physical theater person coach. coach yeah. um, or well i mean they probably do or a choreographer like a fight choreographer but i thought that was really well i th- i actually felt scared like it was it was pretty unsettling let's just say uh do you have anything else to add i i want to ask anuk a question actually about this film i think when we watch will the- you marry me <laughs> not doing that on this <laughs> certainly not doing that on the back of this fucking movie oh come on it was it not, no no you don't get a marriage proposal out of this film <laughs> what i mean no way you get a subtle foreshadowed uh, proposal in all the saw episodes <laughs> wow. and where we redo jigsaw all everything is revealed. Yeah, everything will reveal it's <laughs> i'm a pregnant it's a big hey. twist yeah no, um, I was going to ask, throughout this film, you kept cowering away like you were expecting a scare to come, and yet they never seemed to arrive. So I'm wondering, at what point did you stop like going, there's a scare coming? Or did that ever happen for you? You know when Joan is shouting Peter? Mm-hmm. That bit. At that point, I was like, okay, I'm kind of done with this film. <laughs> you know when he's, you know the bit I'm talking about, when he's in the playground and she's across the street? Oh, and um, i excommunicate right. you so all the little right so this is john back to, up babe this is what jan was talking about how um the little things scrawled on charlie's wall are the things that joan at that point i think it, uh, is shouting oh is that what she was saying so she's doing the demon spiritual ritual thing but well see this is the thing like i feel like if if a film has done its job 
you're not going to be like, oh, that's what was going on. Yeah, like I, that, I agree. I that's agree. a bit of a problem. Like there are so many scenes in this film that I thought were really intelligently done and really good. So I, I'm not going to slay anyone that was involved in this film at all. Like all of you are geniuses. It's just that, yeah, I feel like maybe it's all on the cutting room floor. So what we, other film were we talking about that had that? It might have been Suburbicon. Suburbicon. Because Suburbicon was interesting. I said it should be a TV series because it was too, It was felt like two stories had just been thrown together. Because like, like, George Clooney wanted to do a, a documentary about a black a black families moving into like these homes for GI. Sort of like these areas in Suburbicon. And then the Cohen brothers had that story, which was the, the insurance um, claim gone wrong, you know? Yeah. So and they, and they, they put them together. And then we got Suburbicon, which was interesting, but it felt like it, this would be more interesting as a TV show because I had, too, I had too many ideas going on for the length of time the movie was. Well, this is the thing. Like, This is why when we're talking about um, the modern Ghostbusters, I felt okay to be like, Do you know what, this film was shit. <laughs> Because with the marketing and the way that the director spoke about the film, it's like, actually, you're kind of an asshole to use feminism as a way to prop up your movie. Mm. Whereas this film, actually, there were a lot of good things about it. It's just that Dude. it wasn't enough. Mm. And a lot of things had to be explained. And actually, yeah, again, your audience needs sometimes to be treated as someone that's stupid, right? Yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah. You, you said it earlier. That was a good sum up in one sentence. That the exact feeling I had. Mm. Like, well, I'll develop when we get to the rating in a second. <laughs> All right. Shall I ask the question then? Unless anyone else got anything to say. Please. All right. So, Anouk Yan was hereditary. I was about to say Suburbicon there. <laughs> good, bad, or displaced standard. Uh, Anouk. This is a really tough one for me. Shall I go to Yan first because yeah. he's prepared something? Yeah. Yan. Okay, so when I went to see this film in the cinema, when it got it was released, I got out and I was like, okay, I didn't get anything. So now I'm starting to think, and um, with, with everything that we said, it's I'm seeing that as, well, it's a first film, I'm seeing that as an experimental movie. And, you know, like those uh, movies that last 12 hours or only displayed in uh, museums and stuff. Well, it's <laughs> very, so specifically bizarre and um, that I actually will bring back a category that Adam created with Ghostbusters. Ah. Yeah, it's going straight into the limbo uh, category. I just can't. I, I Unrateable. Am, yeah, unrateable. Wow. Uh, uh, okay. It, like in a bad way? Nope. No. Well, in a, in a way that I've, even though we talked about it like for 45 minutes before we started recorded, uh, recording and even more during the episode, I'm still, I, I just, and it's also in your uh, thing about, uh, uh, you talked, the, 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 the smart, yeah, the audience is, uh, is not smart. Well, it was you, you, the, that stuff that you said uh, beautifully that I can't find again. Yeah. Uh, that sums up why. Uh, also, I'm yeah. That's where I'm putting this one. Cool. So the only two in the un unrateable category right now are Ghostbusters 2016 and Hereditary 2018. I think, but for different reasons, obviously. That I'm going to join you on that one. Are you I think withhold judgment. Yeah, because and I'm also hoping <laughs> anyone who is involved in this film is there any way that we could see the hour <laughs> that was cut? Because I would love to watch that three-hour film. Like I really would. Because I think the story is so interesting and the family, I, I don't know, the, the, the family drama was like something that I'd never seen before. 
And there were ideas that were used that I'd never seen before. And I actually was really interested to see where it was going. It just did too much in the last half an hour Mm. that just wasn't paid off, kind of distributed evenly throughout the film. So, yeah. Ghostbusters and Hereditary actually, interestingly, should be in the same category because they both had the same problem just the other way around. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. So, I when we talked, Jan brought up Illusionist for me and also Suburbicon. I think Jan's conversation when we had Suburbicon swayed me from calling Suburbicon bad to, from good to good because he was right that it, it needed to be another thing. With this film, I... I, I love horror movies, and for me, this isn't a horror movie. This is a, 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 a psychological thriller, like Anouk said. Mm. Um, however, it is sold to you as the, the scariest movie of 2018. It's sold to you as the scariest film since The Exorcist, which is a problem for me, because I'm kind of like, you can't have these claims on your film and then I have to, and then you, they have to be a considerable factor because that's what you're presenting it as. So it is difficult. I said I didn't like the the model stuff in the film. When I was sitting there thinking about it, I'm like, the model stuff is probably the most interesting shot-wise stuff they do in the film. Except for the one shot I like, which is the people surrounding the house. And I think you can slowly, I think over the film, I might be wrong on this, but they're like, more people turn up which I might be wrong, which I did like. But I have to judge this as a film that I watched. And I have to judge this as what we what you would get if you went to the cinema to see it or paid for it at the, to go in the cinema, because obviously the cinema prices are a bit are more expensive than buying it on DVD. So Jan used to have a thing that's like, if you'd paid money for it, would you be annoyed? And I would be annoyed. I'd be, I'd be annoyed that I'd seen this and not seen something else. Um, it's tough, because obviously it's the debut for the guy. I think the guy is a good writer, and I think he is a good director, but I feel that somewhere along the line, exec- producers basically forced this into a smaller, more digestible film that doesn't work. And for me, that's bad, and I have to rate this as bad. Oh, what a shame. I think this is the first bad film. Nope. Um, what was the other bad one? Ah, uh, uh, we had another one. I don't remember what it was. Did I call Illusionist bad or just plain... No, I think I called Illusionist but just plain standard. Oh. Illusionist was just plain standard because I was annoyed by it because it didn't warrant the twist. I feel like we had another bad film. Yeah, yeah, we had, but um, I don't think it was the Illusionist. I don't remember what it was. I think you called Ghostbusters bad. Oh. I said it was unreadable. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I was, yeah. <laughs> but to, but with saying that, right, I'm open to seeing it again, you know, and maybe I'll change my mind later down the, the road. But at the moment, I'm annoyed by it because it it's claims that it's supposed to be the scariest film ever made. That annoys me. Maybe I'll come back and watch it with the, the eyes of like, this is a psychological thriller and maybe it'll change. But for now, it's it's bad for me because it's it's not what it it's not what it set out to be. Right, I understand. Would you say I found a screen rant uh, review, just a line, which was for Mother, but I think it also could apply here. Mother is an ambitious work that bucks traditional storytelling technique with its aspiration, but its approach will not be for all moviegoers. Yeah. Yeah, that's very fair. I think as well, like if you go and see a scary film and you don't really care about story and and you know payoffs and all the things that we've been talking about. It's actually quite good. <laughs> you know, like if you just want to be scared. Oh, that's the other thing I should have said. That there I wasn't are some scared film- for this movie either. Hmm? Yeah, it was more psychological thriller, to be fair. So you, 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 there was some overlapping, you said, Adam? 
I wasn't scared by this movie in the slightest. Nothing yeah. in this movie scared me at all. But then again, like, I don't think The Exorcist was that scary either. But then maybe that's because I was born in 92. You know, like... Uh, well, you did grow up with Nosferatu. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Scarred from a young age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think it's just a, a, a different type of horror genre. Like, I think there are a lot of different genres to horror. Hmm. So, it, yeah... Mm. Okay, I think we're good for that specific uh, episode. I'll just talk about two movies that are going out very soon. And I know that I will go see uh, Gaspar Noé's next movie called Climax. It's at the Glasgow Film Theatre from the 8th to the 11th of October. And Mandy, which is uh, the new uh, Nicolas Cage film uh, from the 12th, to the 16th also at the Glasgow Film uh, Theatre. And uh, yeah, I thought about it because yesterday was uh, on Mubi, which is the this app that you can have like uh, you subscribed and you have 30 art house movies at all times and sometimes they change like dates. Well, every day it changes and yesterday was uh, Irreversible uh, Film of the Day. So I I saw, uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Climax is quite... Well, both movies are 18 rated. Yeah, not surprising for Irreversible. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, and Do we have anything else to add? Uh, we, the, the, the Saw series will... Uh, res- well, um, we recorded the first one and we'll continue to record. We yeah, sh- we're watching episode... We're watching film two tomorrow. Tomorrow, yep. Yes. Or we could watch it this evening. Either way. Well, maybe not this evening. I'm shattered after that film. <laughs> to be fair, so we'll probably watch Saw 2 tomorrow. <laughs> with fresh eyes, maybe watch it in the morning or then record the later that evening or either way. But we're getting back to that. <sighs> I do want to say, though, I feel... Because I, I, saying something is bad is not an easy thing to do. Because I think about all the stuff that involve. We know how hard it is to work on something and then just for somebody outside of that to comment and say it's bad. Um, so to, if anyone that did work on this film does listen to this, I do think that everything in the film is really well done. I, I do like most, a lot of the shots. I do like the writing of the dialogue. I do love the acting, all these individual factors. It's almost like the opposite of what happened with Alien. When Alien, everything came together with this film, something missed. And the final product is for me, just it isn't for me. Brave. That's ex- that's brave. You read that was it. I said brave was bad. Yeah, you retconned uh, brave. Yeah, yeah, I did. That's right. I changed brave in an Instagram update <laughs> when I was editing the episode. But yeah, so I I I mean no offense. I just mean that for me, this isn't for me. Yeah. All right. Great. All right. Great. All right. Great. Uh, right. Piss off then. See you in guys. Uh, bye. We were Adam and Luke and Jan. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Good, The Bad and The Just Plain Standard Podcast. If you like what you heard, you can leave us a review via iTunes. If you want to keep up to date with what we're doing, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Good Bad Standard Podcast on both platforms. If you fancy seeing the live streams that we talk about on the podcast, they can be found on YouTube.com. You search for Milk in a Wine Glass. There are other bits and bobs on there too, just to see what Jan's up to during the week. And if you really like us, like really, really like us, why don't you head on over to patreon.com slash goodbadstandardpodcast and have a look if you want to support us. Any small donation is appreciated.